With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Welcome to the Fatback 4. Um, sorry for the delay. It's all. You can blame it all on me. It's all my fault. Um, I'm Gav. I'm with you this week. I have uh, I have Grace, I have Marty, and I have Ian. Um, they're all going to show up on the screen just now. Um, right, let's get into it. Um, Grace, I'm going to come to you first. A one-all draw away to Chelsea. Um, I put the title as does it feel like a win? Um, just your just your initial thoughts on it, Chris. What 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 do you make of it? Definitely feels like a win the way it panned out. Um, the way I look at it is, uh, if you offered us four points from Chelsea away and Spurs away, we would have definitely taken that. Um, general feeling was at the end elation, as it always is. A late goal is sort of just. Feels uh, feels great, doesn't it? Whether it's a point or whether it's three points, but yeah, I mean, it would have been it would have been harsh, very harsh on us if we didn't get something out of that game. So yeah, um, really happy with that at the end. Very happy. Okay, um, just one thing before we keep going. Um, you'll see OBS Studio uh, chat up on the window there. It's not working, um, so I'll keep an eye on the chat as we go along. All right, um, Ian, your initial thoughts away to Chelsea, one all draw, late goal. Um, a very entertaining game in my in my eyes. But how did you feel coming away from it? Yeah, good mate. I mean, you always do when you score a late equaliser, don't you? You kind of preparing yourself for a defeat, aren't you? And even though you know you can't carry on being undefeated all season, unlikely anyway, you kind of don't want to give your record up. You especially don't want to give it up against one of your rivals. You know what I mean? And I thought it was a really good game, mate. To be honest. Two really, two really nice sides. I'm a big fan of Sarri anyway. I was at Napoli and stuff like that. I just think the reason why I'm more positive, apart from the fact that we got the, the screaming of an equaliser, you know, you always go a bit nuts anyway. But the reason why I'm more positive is because I think that's Chelsea at their absolute best. And I think they're going to drop off. Maybe not, maybe not to the point where they'll go down the league six, seven. But I think their level will drop a bit. And I don't think we're anywhere near our level at the moment. Our front three are, are, are really off the pace at the minute. 
So we played them at their ground. It was one all. I think if we were a bit more, a bit more on it up front, we'd have come away with. I think we'd have come away with the three points. So that that's the main reason I'm really positive. Is I think we're going to improve, and I don't think they can improve. So all in all, not not bad means. Yeah. I'm a bit the same. I don't know if they can get if they can't get any better. Um, I'm not too sure on that one. I think they've been really, really good, uh, and I think they showed the qualities partly on on Wednesday night and partly yesterday. But look at all, at all, we'll all see how it goes as, as things go on. I suppose. Um, Marty, I'll let you in. Uh, initial thoughts. Yeah, I mean, as a football fan, you know, it's refreshing just to see two top, top sides going toe-to-toe and both wanted to win the game from the first minute to the 90th minute. Um, it's just, as a Liverpool fan, it's so nice to be part of that discussion, you know, about, you know, with a really great team in a, in a great game. Um, I thought we were I thought we were excellent. Um, I thought we deserved to win. I would have taken a point before, before we kicked off, to be honest. It's going to be a difficult place for anyone to go to. Um, but just yeah, delighted. Thought the goal was brilliant. Thought we played brilliant. Thought you know the only thing we were really lacking in was was our front three. Um, I saw a few people criticising midfield, which confused me a little bit. I thought the midfield were were, were more than brilliant. I thought the defence and Allison were fantastic. Um, it, it just kind of echoed what the guy said. Really, you know, you, you'd probably say there's so much more to come from us. Um, so absolutely delighted with it. Yeah. Um... I suppose, like, you know, when you look at the game, you're going into it and you're thinking, okay, another three points here is massive. A draw isn't too bad. It keeps us, you know, even there with Chelsea and um, City, going into City next week. But a win would have been huge. But I, I was I was interested to see what you thought because, you know, we go into that game, we, I suppose, we're, we're trying to make another statement, I suppose. But like, I looked again, and last, you know, last season was it was it one point away from all these teams playing away from playing away from home to them. Um, whereas this season already, it's four points. It's it's still unbeaten, I suppose. So it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, let's get on to the lineups, I suppose. Uh, Grizz, I'll come to you first. Um, any any surprises there for you? Is there anything different you would have done? <laughs> no, not really. Um... Look, it, it, it's fairly obvious that at the moment Klopp trusts this trio midfielders uh, in the big games more than others. And it's understandable. They all know their roles to a T. Um, obviously, the big clamour is to sort of Fabinho and Cater to start um, more games than not. And eventually that will be the case. But, I mean, as shown in the PSG game... You know, Klopp will go, especially with teams that he thinks may have uh, more or as equal possession as us and who will attack us. And, um, you know, uh, he may not have played this midfield if this was the Conte Chelsea, you know, but he knows Sari, similar to sort of Pep, only knows how one way he had to play. And he thought this midfield, this setup will be the best way to sort of gag and press them. Um, as Marty said, I didn't think the midfield. I mean, I mean individually, the the, the, the performances could have been better. But as a, as a, as a unit, I didn't think they were too bad in terms of what the game plan was, which was to sort of win the ball high up, press the likes of Jorginho, and uh, you know, and win the ball and, and sort of 
quick transitions. So from that point of view, the selection was, I think, was quite obvious. Obviously, there was the scare with the VVD um, injury, but once that was established, that was fine. I think, you know, the the team picked itself. You know, maybe there was the yard, the yard Otto saying rest Mo, but that was never going to happen. You know, so yeah, the team kind of picked itself. I think, in my opinion, anyway. Ian, um, any 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 advances on that? Was there anything you would have liked to see different? You know, we'll get on to it later about, you know, how the squad kind of showed its value as the game went on. But is there any way you would have changed or, or started slightly differently? And do you think our lineup with that, I suppose, with that midfield three gave Chelsea the initiative a little bit? Uh, I think with the, our attack and our defence picks itself. So it's always about the midfield. Uh, uh, at the moment, he doesn't think Fabino's ready. And he must think the same about at the moment. So. I think if you look at individually, their, their midfield three on paper is probably better than our midfield three on paper. But our midfield is more about, it's greater than the sum of its parts, if you, if you know what I mean. Uh, they work very well together, they complement each other. And like Grace just said, the clock really does trust them. So, whereas Cater is clearly a, a more talented footballer than Jordan Henderson, he just mightn't be suitable at the moment for these type of games, or at least in Klopp's opinion, he's not suitable. He come on, he looked a lot like He offers a lot more going forward than Henderson. But he also, he mightn't be as disciplined going backwards as Henderson as well. So, do you know what I mean? They've all got the qualities, they've all got the strengths. I don't, I, you get the usual dickhead saying, you know, stuff about Henderson and, and all this type of stuff. But I thought the midfield free were, were really good. I thought, I thought Genie was outstanding, to be honest. Uh, he's, looking re- he's looking really, really fit as well. He's getting stronger. He's running with the ball well. I think he could be a bit. He could use the ball a bit better, passing wise. But I don't really think that's his game. But do you know? Normally, I, I, I was happy with it. Like I say, the, the front three and the back four or back five, they pick themselves. So it's always going to be is K to start and is Fabinho ready to start? Do you know what I mean? It, all that type of stuff. So I, I'm never disappointed with any with any three goals. With I think at the moment, Kate is more suited to playing at home than he is away at the moment. Okay, um, Marty, that the one on Kate is probably the one where I was looking at before the game, thinking, does he come in for? It, it will probably be Henderson for me because I'm a big fan of Wijnaldum at, at, at the deepest line midfielder, you know, um, and I think you can't. I don't think you can drop Milner. It's probably Kate the one for me that may have got a chance, but he's he's not had. I'm not saying he has had a bad start. He's had a you know an average sort sort of start to his Liverpool career. Although is that something that you would have liked to see to to kind of show Chelsea we're here to win and we're gonna we're gonna come out and attack it? Uh, no, not really. I think that front three at the moment is our our best front three that know Klopp's methods the most. They've played under Klopp for a season plus. Um, they know how he works. They've got the fitness and the stamina. I think for me, and I've said it to a couple of people, Navi K. You see him on the board that touch and pass against Palace away some of the passes he's done in the first game on the ball and technically you can see he's fantastic however there's been a few games where I just think he's looked quite leggy and he's not been tracking back and there's been a few times where they've been uh, opposition teams have been getting in behind whereas necessarily they don't with Henderson Wijnaldum and Milner um, so I think as much as Fabinho they're only what two months into their Liverpool career it's going to take a long time for them to properly understand the clock way 
the way he plays, get that fitness up. And there's no rush. They're doing a good job. You know, ignore the people on Twitter. They they don't matter. You look at Jurgen Klopp. We we're unbeaten in the league, so they can't be doing a bad job. So for as long as it's it's not broken, there's no need to fix it. And there will be a time when Kate is up to speed, Rubini is up to speed, and when they're ready, they will come in and they will be amazing. But there's no need to chop it and change it just because of the names on paper. The three at the moment are our best three midfielders under Jurgen Klopp. It's, it's simple for me. OK. Um, let's get into the game, I suppose. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the fourth half. Um, I thought the fourth half was extreme quality of football between both teams. I think they were trying to you know, suss each other out, but at the same time look threatening all the time. Um, we have our chances. They have a f- they have one or two. Um, Salah for me looked very dangerous, although he looked he he's probably a millisecond off. You know, he's 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 so close to being where he was, and it's just like we hear it all the time, waiting for it to click. Um, I thought he was I thought he was good. I thought he looked the most dangerous player. Um, and at times I think Chelsea looked. A little bit on the ropes when we when we when we started the play. Um, Ian, I'll come to you first. Um, the first half, I'll, you can go through. I suppose you know, given give me an overall of it and a couple of instances that you would have noticed. But do you think it was fair going in one nil down at half time? Do you think we had enough of the game in the first half to to, to warrant being behind? Uh, no, I thought I thought we were at least as good as them, if not better. But First things first, I, I thought their goal was tremendous. I love that type of football. If you if you watched Napoli last season, that's how they played in the midfield. You know, like it's like tick attack it but on on speed. Do you know what I mean? Like big, big, big through. Uh, Kovacic is a is a brilliant player. Do you know what I mean? So I was really impressed by their goal. I've seen a few. I've seen a couple of people uh, say uh, Allison should have saved it. I don't think so. I thought it was a brilliant goal. Do you know what I mean? He got a finger to it. Maybe on another day he might save it, but it's certainly not an error. Uh, but it was just two high-quality sides full of technically gifted players who were working the balls off, who all seemed to have bought into their coaches' philosophies. Do you know what I mean? Really impressive to watch. Like Marty said there earlier, it's good to see two sides back themselves and, and, try, and try and go for it. You know what I mean? There's not many sides that will go to Stamford Bridge this season and... and Think right, we're, we're better than you. We're going to win. It may be us in City. I'd say that is probably it. I don't think anyone else will go there and open up. But of course, it was really good gaming. Uh, our front three, they're not they're not in form at the moment. They might be getting the odd goal here, here, there, or everywhere. But I'd say compared to last season, if last season was an A, I think at the moment they're, they're, they're at a C. You know what I mean? I thought Sal- I I disagree. I thought Salah was really poor yesterday. He's still getting. He's still got the world class ability. He's still got the touch and the move movements and all that. But he's just don't always try too hard. Or like, I just thought it's like you just said there. He's not. He's just not clicking at the moment. I thought Bobby was poor, and I thought Manny is holding onto the ball for maybe two, two or three seconds longer than than he should be on multiple occasions. Do you know what I mean? But but having said that, there's still a massive threat. All three of them. And at some point, they are all going to click and they'll probably do it at the same time. And they'll put six or seven past someone. Do you know what I mean? So I've got, no, I've got no worry about them or anything like that. I just don't think... Uh, I think for us to be a, as successful as we want, we need to be, they need to be playing better. Do you know what I mean? At the moment, we're doing really well, but it's more because we've been solid. 
and we've been grinding it out. But yeah, I thought it was a really good game. I mean, first and second half, two really good sides. And I think, like I said earlier, I think that's Chelsea as good as they can get. Whereas Liverpool can go up at least one more gear. And I think that's the most positive thing for me. Okay. Chris, um, I'm going to let you answer the same question. An overall view of the first half, the chances we had, the players that stood out, um, the goal itself. Uh, you know, as Ian said, people have said, oh, Alisson's a bit poor on it. Um, you, you could probably make an argument for both goalkeepers being a little bit poor on both goals, probably footwork more than, than anything else, but that's only from people I've spoken to that have played in goal, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it is a really, really good goal, Mazar, and I suppose later on we get on to storage because I want to have a nice big chat about him. Um, but Grizz, I'll put this to you, G- give me, I suppose, your, over, your overall view of the first half, but do you think that the problem with this front three is is that we're playing, in my opinion, we're playing a slightly different style of football as, to what we played last season. We seem to be a little bit, not so much a million miles an hour, but we seem to be a lot more patient and a, trying to be a lot more clinical. Is, could that be affecting the front three? It could be. I mean, look, first and foremost, the game-wise, that first half, like Ian said, I thought it was high quality. I really think that was high quality stuff out there. you got to remember... I'm going to admit Chelsea surprised me. When we when I saw them first game against Arsenal, I thought, and I tweeted at the time, I said, I can't wait to play this. This sorry ball on the halfway line with, with Louise and Rudiger, you're having a fucking laugh, aren't you? We're going to murder these. But in a very short space of time, that coach has, has, has implemented his style and, and system and it's, and it's doing very well for them. And I think Klopp, I think Klopp, gave them I think Klopp by choosing that midfield gave them that respect as well that they probably deserve and yet we still in my opinion dominated them overall and that says a lot for how far we've come as a team as well and you've got to remember we've you know I'm giving the praise to Chelsea in terms of I mean Kovacic for me was 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 probably the best I know Eden Hazard scored a brilliant goal but Kovacic Kovacic how do you say how do you say his name Ian? Kovacic Fabulous. Kovacic or Kovacic yeah so how do you, you say his name I thought I thought he ran the I thought he ran the show I honestly did especially in that first 45 minutes he was lovely um, the goal they scored look sometimes we, we've got this habit and it's sort of I think it's since the advent of social media, everyone's got this self-importance and this analysing. We think we know, you know, we like to over-analyse things, but that was just a brilliant textbook goal. Sometimes you've got to give the opposition credit. If we scored a goal like that, we'd be fucking talking about it for weeks and we would never have given a shit about the opposition could have done this or that. that. It was just a brilliant goal. Um, Alisson, in terms of saving it, it's not an error. It doesn't count as an error. But I think he could have got a touch to it. I actually think it takes a bubble over his hand, bubble over his hand, uh, as it as it goes down. It took a few bubbles that ball. Um, look, I understand what you're saying about the front three, Gav. In terms of are we playing a bit different, more conservative style? I'd call it more controlled. I think that was the plan, always going to be the plan to try to control more games. You know, we talked about his heavy metal frenetic football that we played last season. I think Klopp's sort of trying to or has implemented, and I think. Uh, Virgil and Gomez have helped immensely with that in terms of 
their quality and the ball. We play a far more controlled game now. And yes, maybe we don't get the ball as quickly as we did last season to the front men. So maybe that's hindering them slightly because they're always looking to sort of spin over, aren't they? So, yeah, I mean, Salah, Bobby, you know, they haven't clicked yet. We've got, what, how many points? 19 points? Is it 19 from a possible 21 points? It is, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's frightening. I mean, as you said, you are? We're crap. Yeah, Fluff I mean... Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's frightening to think that. And we, 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 this is the seventh week in a row where we've said, we're still not clicking. We're still not clicking. I don't mind fucking saying this to the end, end of the season, honestly. If we carry on playing like this and we're still not clicking and we're fucking on this points ratio to the end of the season, we're on a winner, mate. So, yeah, I think, look, I think everything's positive at the moment. Discount the league cup thingy, Bob, Car- Caramel Cup or whatever it's called in the midweek. It's all about the league, and that that performance yesterday told me a lot. We would not have got a point in seasons gone by there. Yeah, I think you have a fair point. I don't think we would. Um, Marty, um, if you're still there, because I asked for guys for an overview, and he's given me the, the history of Chelsea. Um, but how did you feel? I suppose how did you feel coming in at half time, one nil down? You know, did you did you feel it's just a great goal? It's it's a very even game. We probably have the better of the chances, probably in the first half. But it's just a brilliant goal, one nil down. You know, gather ourselves and go for a second half. Or did you think, oh, we could have done better with that goal? We should, you know, we what were you? How were you feeling? What were your emotions at half time? I suppose. No, um, yeah, they deserve to go in one nil purely for the fact that they took their chance and we didn't. You can't cry about it you know they took, they had one good chance put the ball in the net we had two three we didn't so yeah in that respect they deserved their lead at half time balance of play I thought we were better um, I thought we were a lot better than, than Chelsea but you know you've got a possession in, in stats I mean nothing you've got to put the ball in the net at the end of the day um, so yeah I felt quite hard done by but I thought you know quite positive I didn't think we'd keep wasting those chances till full time um, granted we did our very best to do that it just took a storage world to get it but there we go. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes you, as football fans, not just as Liverpool fans, as football fans, you kind of tend to ignore the brilliance of another team and, and try and find a fault with your own team. Um, and, and let's be honest, it was that Chelsea goal was brilliant. It was brilliant. A couple of little one-twos in midfield, one pass through to Hazard, it's in the back of the net. And, and like the boys have said, you know, you can, people looking at Alisson, I think... Hazard's goal was brilliant for a different reason to say Sturridge's where it was just 30 yards out. The reason that Hazard's goal was so good was because he took it where nobody expected it. You know, Gomez got back on the cover, Alisson was getting to his front post and you saw Hazard take the shot when Alisson was misbalanced on his right foot, which is why it was more difficult for him to get down. Um, so I think it's very harsh to blame Alisson. I wouldn't have expected Hazard to take it there. Gomez didn't. Most... Most attackers would stand the defender up, try and take him on again, or, or look for another player coming in. That's so I think usually it's a hard does, doesn't he? That's what he usually does. Yeah, he, in there, and I think Gomez slowly slows down right at the end, doesn't he? Because he catches up yeah. to him, then he's like, "Okay, I'm okay here. You're on your left side. You know, I'm yeah, expecting fine. you to do that." Then. Do you know what reminded me of? It reminded me of um, Michael Owen in the 2001 FA Cup final, where he's out to the left and he hits it, and it's like, it's like. If he hits it anywhere else, he's not scoring. He puts it in that corner. Um, you know, like does it? Does it? Does a sorry? Does a comment in here saying great save from Kepa on the man effort that goes in nine out of ten times? That's what I'm talking about. We had got 
an awful lot of the a lot of the game. Did he clear off the line at one stage? Rudiger. Was it Rudiger? I don't know why I have Rudiger in my head. Um, but yeah, second half. Yeah, two. Yeah, clear two off the line. Didn't he, Luis and Rudiger? Yeah, Rudiger is the one I was thinking of. Um, but look, it's half time. It's one nil. I wasn't. I wasn't downbeat. I thought what well, we were in this game. It's one. It's a good goal that, that that has us one down. We're probably a little bit wasteful, but the, again, going back to what we've discussed already, um, you know, it's it's one of these things where, like, like one of the lads on on, on Periscope says, there, if he takes his chance, you know, or if if we're that, it's it's probably one percent, one percent more on it. We're probably we're probably going in there level of not ahead, you know, and that's that's why I was looking at it. If we can improve that little bit in the second half. We can we can definitely do something. Um, but look, we get to the second half, we go into it. Just before we get into that second half, yeah. Yeah, do you know that that Salah chance that you're referring to that you said you got Rudiger in your on your mind, the one he cleared off the line. Mm. I thought that Salah chance and and sort of how he took it and or how he didn't take it, as the case may be, was indicative of Salah at the moment. You know, do you remember the goals he scored last season where he slowed everything down? It seemed like he slowed everything down to his pace. Well, this one was where he went around the keeper, and the seller of last year would have sort of assessed the situation far quicker and maybe not have taken it on his right. Because if he just held onto the ball, tucked it onto his left, he would have had an easy chance for, to slot in Bobby for an open goal or score himself. He's kind of rushing it, I feel. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, I think Klopp alluded to it afterwards where he's telling him to sort of. Just, just play your game. You're rushing too much. You're think, overthinking too much. Shall I pass? Shall I not pass? Do what you think is best in that situation. I think that chance. You know, so many times last season, a lot of the goals were so like, how did he just be so calm in the box? This was the opposite. He was quite frenetic and sort of panicky. So you know, uh, that that kind of chance he gobbled up last season. It will come. I mean, I don't think he was poor. Ian says he was poor. I think he was. He was still our biggest threat. I mean that's that's the crazy thing about it. You know, he's still our biggest threat. So I think it will come. I just think it's a, it's a patience game with him. We just got to keep staying solid, and, and the front three will click. Yeah, the solid the solid thing is um like Ian mentioned it again earlier. The solid thing is a major plus for me because look, I'm sure we all agree. If it, you know, twelve months, eighteen months ago, we go into that game, and if our front three aren't working, we lose that game two 0 and we look like we're a bit blunt and you know we give away a, I suppose we give away a goal we gave away on Wednesday night against Chelsea where it's it's just one of those where you think oh, it's a fucking Liverpool goal that isn't it it's a proper Liverpool goal to concede but look we get into the second half um, Marty I'm going to let you start in the second half again it's it's a it's it's a I don't think it's as high a tempo in the, in the second half but there's a big decision made on 65-ish minutes and it's Salah off with Jakiri on. Marty, was that one that you, you could see coming? Uh, Klopp has said afterwards that he um, it was a tactical thing. Um, but it was was it one that you seen coming? It was a one that surprised you? Was it one you agreed with, I suppose? I agree with it. I agree with it. I don't think... It's a difficult one when you've got a player like Mo Salah because he can, he can be poor for 89 minutes, but he can reduce that one minute of magic and he will score. But... He was he was poor. He, I agree with Ian. I think he was poor. Um, I think as the game got on, he, he kind of flitted out of the game a bit more. You know, his touches. He was trying to be 
defenders and he wasn't he wasn't doing it. He's tracking back, lulled quite a bit. Um, he looked mentally and physically exhausted. And I think, you know, we got to a bit where we looked what we we hit a bit of a wall. We weren't getting in behind on that, that flank. And we were at the beginning, you know, first first half, you know, we were getting in down that side with Marcus Alonso time and time and time again. Um, and second half, it looked, it didn't quite look right. I think Trent as well wasn't committing as far down the channel as he was in the first half. So I agree. I don't think you can keep a player on just because of the the name. You know, he didn't have a good game. We had a, a lad on the bench in Shakiri that's only just come. He's hungry. You know, he wants to score goals, make an impression. All right, he probably missed the biggest chance of the game when he came on. But um, you know, we we've got that quality and depth for these moments because there's going to be times where Bobby or Mane or Salah don't have a good game and it needs to change and you, there was no point in changing the midfield because the midfield were doing the job they were winning the ball back they were turning the transition into attack and our biggest problem to that point was we weren't sticking the ball in the net it was, it was one of the only changes that could happen um, I think Mane could have come off I thought Mane was, was quite poor too um, but overall second half I, I thought you know we, we were absolutely brilliant. I thought from front to back, Allison was an absolute monster. Um, Van Dijk and Gomez were brilliant. And I, and I just loved that we stayed patient. We didn't change our game. And we got the minimum we deserved in the 89th minute from Sturridge. I thought we were brilliant. Ian, the changes. Because um, I, I want to touch on, instead of instance, I'm, I want to touch on a kind of storage and probably the centre-half pairing as the... Uh, Closer to the end, um, but the changes, you know, you have Shakiri on for Salah on sixty six. You have, you've, um, sorry, my brain's gone completely fucking blank. Sorry, Kate for Henderson, um, and the last one was Sturridge for someone remind me because I'm gone completely blank. Um, but does that? I said it after the game. Them sort of changes is where you see the improvement in the squad. You know, um, having them players to bring on, change a game, put extra pressure. You know, like instead of just bringing on a pair of fresh legs or bringing on somebody that can make a difference, whether it's midfield or attacking wise. When you see these changes coming in, you're thinking, yeah, this isn't weakening us. This is this is making us stronger, and this is this is probably getting us back in the game. Well, yeah. Because could you imagine us taking Salah off last season? Even if even if it wasn't working, you wouldn't. At no point would you have sat there and thought Salah needs to come off here. And I did think I, I'm with Marty. I did think he was poor, and I did think at about five minutes previous to that he should bring security on here. What's the point in signing him if he's not going to replace a player who's not at, who's not at the races that day? You know, what I mean, there's no point in having him. So I look at it as a positive that Salah wasn't playing too well by his standard. And we've got a player on the bench there who can come on, should have scored. He'll get an assist for Sturridge's goal, which is ridiculous. But Polka's got about 28 of them last year. Uh, so I look at it as a positive, mate. We brought three players on there, and all three of them are potential game changes. Whereas in the past, we were bringing on just... You know what I mean? Did, did, you, did we ever used to think... Yeah. Yeah. When, we were, when we were making substitutions in the past, did we ever think, oh, he's going to turn the game on a teddy, or he's going to do this, he's going to do that? No. But we effectively brought on £150 million worth of talent yesterday. 
Do you know what I mean? And that is a massive, massive indication of how, how much our squad's improved. So, I was fine with Shaqiri coming on. I thought Sturridge maybe could come on a bit sooner, but what the fuck do I know? Do you know what I mean? And Keita, like I say, he, he offers more going the other way. And it, we were getting to the stage of the game where we need to take more chances. That's why we were a bit more open when he come on. But... I was fine. I was fine with all the changes, mate. As a matter of fact, I, w- I welcomed the changes. He gets some, some people give Klopp a bit of uh, a bit of stick for his substitutions, but a bit like what I've just said there, he probably looks at the bench or he's looked at the bench in the past and thought, "What's the point? Why bring Solanke on when Firmino's having a stinker? When st- when his stinker is still better than Solanke's best?" So yeah. he, he's now in an option. He's now in a position where he can change players with people who we actually think can can affect the game. So. It's it's really positive. Yeah. Same thing as well. Sorry to put in. Yeah. Um, but the, feel free, mate. About with, feel you know, free. The thing, the thing oh. is with Salah. We talk about Anytime. Salah. Anytime. Because Anytime. Fuck, fuck off. <laughs> but, um, you ask if it's um, yeah, if it's, if it's the right substitution. We scored. He came off. We scored. So it is. You can't you can't argue with it. They had the impact that that he intended. He brought three players on. The three players changed the game. And we got a result that we weren't getting when when Salah and the rest were on the pitch. And for me, that kind of consolidates the point that just he should have. Yeah. Well, actually, it was all three, wasn't it? Because just before um, Shakiri gets that dodgy assist, it was Cater's run, sort of before where he beats a couple of players, doesn't he? And yeah. the ball falls to Shakiri or something. So all three were directly involved in the equaliser, which is uh, amazing. Amazing. Oh yeah, it's it's tremendous. Um, Grizz, well, sorry. Before I come to Grizz, Marty's touched on something. Or sorry, Ian probably um, saying that Klopp is, I suppose, you know, giving a bit of a hard time about substitutions. At the end of the day, he makes a change just after the year and brings possibly his best player off for the sake of the team. So, you know, you kind of have to trust him. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. You know. And look, he, the player he brings on with four or five minutes to go ends up saving it for you. Let's get on. Yeah, of course you can. The other day, we watched us against PSG, and they front three way and firing PSGs at the time. And that two children wouldn't have dreamt at any point of bringing Neymar off. At any point, no. because it's about his reputation. And back in the day, when Ronaldinho was still the main man at Barcelona, he used to bring Messi off all the time. No matter how shit Ronaldinho was playing, it was a reputation thing. Klopp's just proven there, right? He's he's definitely our best player last season. He's not he's not performing. I'm going to bring him off. You know, it's simple. Yeah, I think I think he's I think he's seeing something in the game where Chelsea were dropping and Salah wasn't getting in behind and they were tightening up and he probably thought. Well, this is what I thought. I thought if he's bringing on Shaqiri, he's looking for him to get into these, you know, little holes in between midfield defence, probably coming off the wing a little bit more, getting involved, trying to be a little more intricate in things. And as well as that, Shaqiri has a li- you know, he's liable to bang one in from 30 yards, you know, but as well as that, he has an eye for a pass, probably more than Salah does. I think Salah's very clinical on the break when it's do it quick, do it fast, and, you know, put it in the right area. Whereas when, when there's a little bit of traffic in there, I think Shakiri can be very, very good at, at things like that. You know, he's... He would be... I think he's more creative in, in, you know, this low block thing that people speak about. Um, But it kind of made sense to me. And, 
you know, like that's just the way it goes. Like it's a team. It's not a it's not a one man team. It's not an individual. It's a team. And if 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 we have to do this for the sake of the team, and it worked yesterday, so you know, Klopp deserves praise there as much as he probably. I don't know, rightfully or wrongly, deserves, you know, some sort of, he gets a little bit of a hard time, you know, about probably making them too late. But look, that's just the way it goes. Grizz, I'm going to give you a first show on Daniel Sturridge and the goal. Um, Now, before we go on to this conversation, I got a message from a friend of mine. (laughs) That friend, well, when I say friend, I use that that term very fucking loosely. Um, I got a message from Matt and he said, I want the lads fucking rinsed on the podcast tonight. I want I want them all to think back to when I said that Sturridge was a brilliant backup. He got us at least 10 goals. He has four goals in seven. They were all wrong. And I want you to tell Ian and Grizz. I, I want you to specifically go after Ian and Grizz on this. Grizz, um, I'm going to stand by what I said at the start of the season. Daniel Sturridge for 15, 20 minutes for me is fine. Daniel Sturridge for 15, 20 minutes two or three games in a row or three games in five or four games in eight is fine. My worry on Daniel Sturridge is if one of them forwards goes down, you can't rely on him for a full season. I stand by that. Um, what do you make? Let's first of all, the goal itself, um, what a hit. And are you changing your attitude on Sturridge? <laughs> and is Matt Roy? That's what I basically ask you. Okay, so let's look. Let's let's go with the Sturge goal first. It's an amazing strike, isn't it? It's 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 a strike that you don't expect because Sturridge is not really known for his shooting outside the box. But saying that, he scored a very similar goal, well, similar distance against City a couple of years ago. Does anyone remember? With hardly any backlift. Obviously, this one goes in the top bins. That one went into right into the. Yeah, it's 12 14 when he joins Liverpool away to see. That's the one. Mm. He's got it he's got it in his locker where it's this deceptive hardly any backlift, but he gets like fucking kicks it like a mule, it goes in the top corner. It's an amazing goal. I don't I can't if anybody says that when he got the ball there, everyone said shoot, 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 they're lying, they're chatting shit. Most people have said don't shoot from there, don't shoot from there, you know, especially against some the most expensive keeper in the world. But he made him look. He actually, he actually made it look like he lobbed him from fucking thirty yards. Do you know what I mean? It was an amazing strike, and it's something Daniel Sturridge is capable of. It's something that you know you'd expect. Not expect. It's the, it's the kind of impact that you you expect of a of a brilliant striker who's not quite got it in him to play ninety minutes twice a week. You know, I'm sticking. I'm with you, Gav. I don't give a shit what Matt says. He's not on the pod today, so he can go fuck himself. I'm totally sticking by my point about Daniel Sturridge. For me, what I said at the time, and you can watch rewatch the pod. I said I can't, I, I can't see him being a regular for where we want to be a regular in our first eleven. I said, yep. If he gets us ten goals, then that's amazing, and I'll stick by that. I know he's got four already, but I'm a man of my word. I will do a pod topless. If he gets ten, le- and it was ten legos, but he's changed it. Now. Yeah, he definitely, he de- he definitely has changed it. What he's changed it now is just the ten goals. I think he's counting to six in preseason, so you're only one goal away now. Yeah, exactly. So that's my top coming <laughs> up this week. But no, what, point- I, what I can say is that pod when you're topless, I will definitely be busy that day. <laughs> I'm going over to London to sit beside him. No, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Not again. 
Yeah, exactly. But look, the point is, Sturridge, I haven't changed my stance on him. I think I think Sturridge is amazing backup striker to have for 15, 20 minutes to come on at the end to change a game like he did. <clears throat> I'm going to get loads of grief for this, but I'm going to give my opinion because that's what it's about. I thought his performance, I know he scored that wonderful overhead sort of side kick, whatever it was, in the League Cup. I thought overall his performance was poor. You know, he didn't help the attack. He didn't help with the pressing. For me, the play is not as fluid and as sort of uh, cohesive when he's leading the line as opposed to Bobby. I don't think Mane and Salah have enough as, as the same impact when he's playing. But he's the man's the best goal scorer, has the best stats for goal scorer at the club. And when he plays, whether it's five minutes or ten minutes, he's likely to get you a goal. So that's, that, that's at the end of the day, some people only look at that. I'm not sure if Klopp only looks at that because he would start far more games. If Klopp looked at stats, then, then Sturridge would play every single game. But I'm sure you know, Klopp doesn't just look at stats and always oh, got a goal every 46 minutes he's played or something stupid this season. So look, you've got to look at the overall picture. He's an amazing backup striker, and that's what he is. I agree with that. But I still stand by my point that we could have done with someone fitter, stronger, younger to be that backup striker. Okay. Um, oh, Sturridge, amazing. I mean, like you know, I was I was happy for him. I'm, I'm you know, this, you know, you guys, everyone knows us guys on this fat back four. We're not one of these fucking full of agendas, and we can't sort of take a player doing well. Amazing. The better Sturridge plays, the better the, the, the better Sturridge does, the better Liverpool do, and we're all winners. So who gives a fuck about our opinions? Yeah, that's a great line to finish with, Chris. Well, who gives a fuck about our opinions? That's why we're doing this. Um, but, um, see, I'm not going to admit that Matt is right. Okay, well, well, I don't mind. That'll just cause a row during the week, and I love them. Um, Marty, um, as the one that wasn't on that pod that night, you can just speak freely about Sturridge. Ian can think up as... Um, his alibi for the night that pod was on while I'm talking to you. Um, what a goal. Alright, firstly. Secondly, I'm praying, I, I'm genuinely praying now that we keep him on the bench and fit and ready to play 20 minutes every league game and the odd Champions League game when, when it's, if it's a dead rubber or, or, or we need to rest somebody. But I'm, I'm just, the way I look at storage is don't break him, don't push him, you know the way you hear people, oh, he can't play three games in a week. He plays one game a week. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, look, the Sturridge debate has never, ever been about his quality. It's never, No one's ever doubted his quality. He is the natural goal scorer. He's the best finisher at the club. You know, he's, he's a wonderful, wonderful player. The debate with Daniel Sturridge is, can you keep him fit? That's always been a debate. And I think that... I think there's going to have, or there's been an acceptance on both Klopp's part and Sturridge's part this season. I think this time last season, Sturridge almost had a chip on his shoulder. He felt, you know, he should be starting. I should be starting every game. You know, I need to go and play football. And that's the right mentality to have as a top footballer. You know, you want to play games. Um, and Klopp wanted him to press. You know, and it's not Sturridge's game. And I, and I feel like this season there's been an acceptance from from both parts that Klopp understands that Daniel Sturridge will get him a goal. Fifteen minutes left. He's not going to press someone. He's not going to press a centre back. He's not going to press a goalkeeper. But you give him a chance in the box, and he will score. Similarly, I think you look at Daniel Sturridge. I think he's openly admitted after his. 
you know, that, that shambles of a loan deal to, to West Brom, where he's obviously been part of a club that got relegated, he was injured, he looked at it, and then he looked at, at what he had at Liverpool and thought, do you know what, if I leave Liverpool, the best I am going to get is probably a West Brom, a Huddersfield, a Cardiff. So do I want to play, you know, 90 minutes, potentially get injured there for in a relegation battle, or do I want to play 15, 20 minutes a game for Liverpool, challenge for trophies, challenge, you know, be part of something special and, and, and you know, go down in, in history at Liverpool? And I think he's looked at it and thought, you know what, I'd rather do that. And it just seems to, now they're in harmony with each other, it seems to be, you know, showing on the pitch. Sturridge is coming on, he looks fresher than he's looked for a long, long time. Uh, and he's doing what he does, and that isn't pressing. And that, that's where it goes back to what you guys say. You know, you, you can't rely on Sturridge for 90 minutes because the big part of Liverpool and the Jurgen Klopp team is that we press from the front, and that's why Firmino is so vital. So if we lose Firmino for, you know, more than a game, I would say we're going to be in a bit of trouble. But I think with Daniel Sturridge, I think 15, 20 goals. Uh, sorry, 15, 20 minutes a game, he'll get us a goal. And I think that's what we need to look at. It. That's the kind of there he is. And now there's been an acceptance on that. I think he's going to be such a, a vital a vital player for us this season because of what he done yesterday. And yeah, I mean, what a goal. What a goal. And he meant that. You know, this is the special thing. You know, a lot of people, will, a lot of players will hit and hope and it'll go to the top bin. But he, if you look at him before he scores... He looks. He at absolutely the top does because he tries that. Yeah. He tries in midweek and he hits the bar. Yeah, he hit the bar. He hit the bar. So, and he's done it against yes. West Brom a couple of seasons ago. Exactly the same. That little lob. It's outrageous. It's swinging away. It shouldn't go in. It's just it, you shouldn't, those ones like Henderson's against Chelsea, but Ben's out towards the far post. It, yeah, like Chris said, he's lobbed him. It's just and he meant every part of that. And you know, if he comes on and does that for ten minutes, I'll keep him. He's brilliant. Yeah. But um, the fitness issues problem. Yeah, the fitness thing, he has to be... Like, Ian, we're talking about, you know, Keita, Fabinho, Shakiri needing to get used to this side and, and get used to the way we play, and then they can, they can come in and find their way. I think storage is a bit like this as well, because he goes... To, like somebody says there, um, I think it was Kev O'Sullivan said, he had he had um, the World Cup on his radar. That's why he went to West Brom to try to prove himself. It went badly wrong for him. But... I think Sturridge has come back. I agree with Marty. I think his, his attitude looks like it's changed. Um, even his persona looks like it's changed. He he seems to know his role in this side and he's accepted his role in this side. And I think that's good for Klopp. I think that's good for the club. But I think mostly that's good for Daniel Sturridge. Um, Ian, I'll, I'll ask you what Graves has said. Or, or I asked you what Graves was asked. We go back to that part where Matt is claiming that he said all sorts, you know, we... He was claiming everything about storage. Has has the way this season started to change your outlook on storage? Or do you think, yeah, he's great like that? And he has to stick at what he's at now rather than, you know, banging on a manager's door in two weeks' time saying, I need to start games. Do, do you think he just needs to sit where he is, take the games as they come? And as Marty said, if he takes the games as they come and he keeps his rate up playing 20 minutes or a game during the week and maybe 20 minutes at the, at the weekend, if he keeps his right up, the chances are he's willing to win in silverware with Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, going back to what Matt said, uh, we never said he wasn't good enough. We said he's not reliable. That's the difference. He's he's got a he's a world class talent when he's fit, but he's got like a Primark body. You know what I mean? He just breaks down. Uh, 
the team as a whole suffer when Sturridge is on. As an attacking unit, we're not the same side. Mane and Salah are not the same when Sturridge is on as opposed to Firmino. Uh, the midfield get way harder because he doesn't press the, the centre backs or the full backs. You know I mean, Th- these are his negatives, and you know I mean, the day for all to see. His positives are he's got insane ability. He's just scored a 25 yard Kayla lob over a, a very, <laughs> very, very good goalkeeper. Uh, who, that kept impressed me the other day. Uh, it's, it's he wanted for 500 fucking million. I, no, but I did say shoot because I, I'm at that stage in the game where I want anyone to shoot. I, I've, I've got no patience. Do you know what I mean? Just shoot, just anyone shoot. So, but I didn't, I didn't fancy him to score it. But it's the most I've celebrated a goal in a, in a long time. Honestly, a bit like when he scored the goal against Sevilla in the final. It was outrageous technique with the outside of his foot. I went mental there. His ability's never been in question. It's his reliability. You know what I mean? And he's not capable of playing our way of football, if for one, or over a prolonged period of time. You mentioned there uh, how like Fabinho and Cater have got to get up to speed, and maybe Sturridge does as well. The, the main difference there is Klopp didn't buy Sturridge. He's seen what he wants in those two other players, and he bought them, and he, he thinks he can mould them into what he wants. I think if you if you'd offered Klopp any sort of money for storage in the summer, I think he'd have sold him a decent a decent amount of money. I think he'd have went. But having said that, I think maybe he has he has dropped a bit of the ego. Maybe he has come a bit more self aware of, of his position in the squad. The stand is standing in the squad. He's approaching thirty now with a horrendous injury record. Who's going to give him a long term contract at any major club? No one. So maybe get a, get a new contract at the end of the summer of like. 12 months with an option of another 12 months is probably the best he can hope for. But aside, he's going to be playing Champions League football every season by the looks of it. I just think maybe he's lowered his own expectations. It's possible he even knows deep down himself he can't play the way Klopp wants him to play without him breaking down. I mean, but he's got too much... Like a lot of strikers, he's got a major ego, hasn't he? That he wants to be the best player. And he probably was the best player on most teams growing up and all that, but he's not the best player at Liverpool anymore. But he's always been capable of what he's just done. That, that, like we said, that's never been the issue. So we never said that wouldn't happen. Matt said he was a one and two striker. He is. But unfortunately, he's just scored his 50th Premier League goal. But it's took him 35 years because he's never fit. <laughs> but... Uh, so yeah, Matt did say he's a one and two striker, but Matt also said Carrius would be world class, and that Emery Chan is trying a new deal. And Moreno was the new Maldini. Oh, Moreno, yeah. So, oh, so Matt, Moreno, Moreno. Well, look, in, fa- in fairness, yeah. Now, in fairness, Matt, Matt has every right to kind of lauder over us because he gets so much fucking wrong. When he gets one right, he should, he should, he should be. A- no, he has made a claim, and he, he's, he's stuck by it. Um, it's he's nearly gone as far as when he said Emre Can was staying, um, because he he backed out all the way when 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 Emre Can was signing his contract, the Juventus he was like, nah, still staying, don't be worrying about it. He's only on holiday. He's only he's only doing the tour. Um, but look, somebody, how long how long Grace? Somebody somebody here says that um, uh, he's a Marks and Spencer's meal in an Aldi shopping bag. I think that's a great one. Um. Daniel, and then uh, Tiger Tracy says Daniel Sturridge comes on now with a change of tactics. We've seen a different approach in certain games from Jurgen Klopp. 
I fully agree with that, uh, Tiger Tracy, um, because as I mentioned, Shakiri earlier, you know, in them games where people are sitting deep and you need to be a little bit more intricate or something just wild, I think storage suits that down to the ground. So, you know, games against the bottom six in the Premier League at home, you know, games where against bigger sides like you've seen yesterday where there's 10, 15 minutes to go and you need something, you bring them on. The only thing I, I don't like when storage comes on is when he, he drifts wide and deep and he tries to do too much with the ball, you know, too far away from goal. I, I like to see him where he was there yesterday, 20, 25 yards. And if he doesn't open a defence or a pass, he's doing something like he done there yesterday. Look, I'm going to move on from him. Um, and I'm going to move just the last thing on the game yesterday. Um, and that's uh, the, the centre-half partnership. Um, I thought it was impressive again yesterday. I think, for me, it's a, it's a great Chelsea goal. And I think Trent kind of gets dragged into, into a position he doesn't want to be in and gets exploited. People are saying Gomez could have got there quicker. For me, Chelsea didn't want to have anything to do with Van Dijk yesterday. And as well as that, um, I thought when they went the other way, I thought Gomez was outstanding. Marty, um, this centre-back pairing, just quickly on it, it's just getting better and better, isn't it? You're just, like like with storage and he doesn't break, you're just hoping both of these guys stay fit as long as they can because they look the real deal. Yeah, uh, they're the best uh, defensive partnership in the Premier League. I, I don't know, Jamie, don't know who, I'm trying not to be biased, you know, maybe... Old Varane and Vertonghen, but I just think these—it's just they're the new, fresh generation of of centre back, aren't they? You know, ball playing, powerful, quick—they're just—they've got everything. And for me, the perfect thing is, you know, we we kind of look at it and think, you know, of you know Van Dijk, he's kind of our, you know, he's our colossus, isn't he, at the moment? You know, without him, you know, you look at when he had the injury scare against Chelsea, everyone went into meltdown, myself included. And I think, you know, there's going to come a time when obviously Van Dijk, you know. He retires or whatever it is, and I think you look at Joe Gomez, and for me, you could put Dejan Lovren with Van Dijk, Joel Matip with Van Dijk. Um, you could even sign someone else and put him with Van Dijk. They're already what I would call established, experienced centre backs, and they will have their own way of playing football and their own way of defending. With Joe Gomez, his first centre back experience for a top team has been next to Van Dijk, and I think you look at him, the way he plays, he's already emulating. Van Dijk, the way he nips in and wins the ball, the way you never actually see him slide like Van Dijk, the way he heads the ball, he's just starting, and he's learning from the best player he could possibly learn from. Gomez is a, is a blank canvas at centre back, really, isn't it? You know, he's not played centre back for us at all. We've been right back, left back, striker, goalkeeper, anything apart from centre back. And he's learning his trade from you know the best centre back in the league at the moment, and he's already looking the part. And you think, what is he? He's early twenties, is he Gomez? Quite still relatively young. Um, what's he going to be like when he's Van Dijk's age? He's going to be a monster. I just think that I think they're absolutely brilliant. Like I said, modern day centre backs, both got everything that you need. You know, aerial ability, pace, power. They can pick and pass. They can break the line. Uh, I think they're the best thing to happen to us in a long, long time. And I think you've got to put Allison in behind as well. I think they just ooze confidence and spread confidence through that team. They're brilliant. Yeah. Um... I think you're. I think you're right. I think what somebody said there, pace, pace is just huge in a centre half. Just it's just you know, you can be big, you can be strong, you can be good on the ball, but if you have pace, it makes a massive, massive difference to anything you're trying to do. There's one there in the second half. I'm sure you've all seen it where he, there's a breakaway. I think it's William gets touch, 
And like I, I, I'm struggling to think when I've seen Van Dyke a full, full, full throttle run, you know, sprint. And yesterday was one of the first times I can remember. It. And my God, that guy can move across the park. But as well as that, if you watch Gomez, he probably has more space and more ground to make up. And he's right there as well. And the thing I liked about it was, okay, Van Dyke clears it, but Gomez is giving him the shove as if to say, not, not the fuck, not today. It's not fucking happening. Get away and he. You know, if Van Dijk isn't there, Gomez is probably dealing with it. And he's probably dealing with it to the point where he doesn't give a corner away. He's probably just taking the ball away from him and he's running with it, you know. Um, Ian. Van Dijk, uh, Gomez. How how good is, like, we're always saying this, but how good does this look? And like Marty said, can you see Van Dijk rubbing off on Gomez as game goes on? And like he said, his first prolonged run in the team and he looks so comfortable, and he looks like he's growing week on week on week. At 21 years of age, it's it, it's a little bit scary how good he could end up. Yeah, uh, I said it, I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the season, I said, because Lovren's out, the first two months of this season, I've got to determine whether Gomez has got a future at centre-back for Liverpool. I've been beating his drum for a couple of years. Like, uh, me and Grizz used to disagree about him. He's got everything, man. He's big, he's he's athletic, he's rapid, proper fast, faster than Van Dyke, comfortably, and Van Dyke's fast. Uh, His distribution's very good for a centre half, after 21 as well, that'll improve even more so. His positioning's getting better. He's alongside, you know the example I would give, right? He is, it's when Maldini was world class. But when he started off, he was next to Franco Baresi, and he learned so much of Franco Baresi. And this is what Gomez is going to be doing with with Van Dijk. I mean, you, you see it in the game, the little the little movements where he where he does like at, at the last second, jump in front of the defender and win it. There was a couple of times, and Van Dijk does that. And there was a couple of times in the first half where he wins the ball, and then he he's starting to bring the ball out to defence a lot now as well, and he does it with real pace and purpose. I think he'll, he'll eventually start scoring goals as well because he's, he's a big lad, so he's going to be a threat from set pieces as well. I think he's got the perfect, the perfect partner in Van Dijk. What Marty said there is spot on. All of you defenders have already got their bad habits ingrained in them. The 28, 27, 28, it's very hard to coach that type of stuff out of an established professional who's successful in his own right anyway. So deep down, probably thinking, I've done this 10 years and it's got me where I am. Whereas Gomez, come from Charlton, we played him at right back, played him at left back. He's he's open to anything that he's told, you know what I mean? And he's clearly improving. His positional sense was a little. Every now and again, he can switch off a little bit. Like towards the end of the arc, towards the end of the game, he thinks he's got more time uh, when he's by the byline. And I think I, I don't know if it's William or someone nips in and nearly takes it away from him. And then Gomez, Van Dyke bails him out. That will need to happen from time to time because he is only young. But in the same instance, I've seen him bail Van Dijk out a couple of times as well. So, they do complement each other really well. And it is unusual to have two ball-playing centre-halves in the same side. It's very unusual. You usually have, like, for, for every PK, there'll be a Puyol. You know what I mean? There'll be, like, a battler and a, and a player. We've got two. Uh, he will be our centre-back for the next 10 years. He's absolutely brilliant. That's a big show, um, but you know it's not it's not a huge sample size, I suppose. But when you see 
when you see someone looking, you, I've seen centre halves come and go where they look good for six games, and you think oh, this could be a player, this could be a player, and there's little things in their game where you go, yeah, but he's, is he strong? Like, look, I go, Daniel Agar was never my favourite centre half at Liverpool. All right, I, I think I've been open about that. I think of, I think most people would know that because I felt Daniel Agar as a ball playing centre half wasn't good enough in the air and I don't think he was strong enough I thought he was bullied by an awful lot of centre forwards that he shouldn't have been bullied against um, but had a good career at Liverpool don't get me wrong and came in and looked quality from the start but just in certain certain times I wasn't too sure about him looking at Joe Gomez I look at him and think he's coming into this team where he knows he's getting the chance because somebody was at a World Cup. Let's be perfectly honest about it. If Dejan Lovren wasn't at a World Cup, he'd be playing in these games. And we wouldn't know what Joe Gomez was like. We'd be we'd be sitting here going, oh yeah, they're doing well. He knows he's coming in and he knows he can't take... He basically has his foot on Lovren's throat and he can't take it off. And he knows if he takes it off for one second, Lovren gets back up and he's back in the team. If, if anything goes wrong. And he could be written off quite quickly if, if he makes a, a big mistake or has two or three ropey games. Because that's the way it is a centre-half. Especially after having get getting this big build up, you know, um, from the start of the season as as it's gone on, Grizz, um, I'll give you the last word on um on these two, just quickly. If these stay together, can yeah, well look, I say quickly and then you just ignore me anyway. So it doesn't matter. But I I just wanted to put this question to you. I'll give you a scenario: Gomez and Van Dijk stay fit for the full season. Do you think we can see the least amount of goals in the Premier League? Oh, I tweeted that months ago. That must have been when Matt was telling us about storage. Come on. No, I, I go back and say to my tweets, and I've said before the season, we'll concede the fewest goals this season. But go on, because no, you can say it's your idea. No, no, it's not my idea. But what I will say is I've never been as wrong about a player as I have about Joe Gomez. And I openly admit that. Uh, Ian's right, we did. What about Fakir? did disagree about Joe Gomez um, but he's been outstanding absolutely outstanding and you know we were talking about sort of we've changed the way we played well play sorry this season slightly and I said I said earlier as well and I'll say it again it's because of the ball playing ball playing abilities of our two centre halves they're far more comfortable with the ball at their feet they're far more comfortable driving with the ball out of their feet so therefore, sometimes it's the onus hasn't been on our midfield to break those lines with those passes. I think Gomez has been sensational. He's been a, a, a revelation as a centre back. Um, I agree. If he stays fit, I mean, he has. I mean, you know, Touchwood. Again, he was another one who kept having really niggling injuries and sort of his, his career has been hampered with sort of every, you know in, injured every few months, but. Touchwood has been fine, and hopefully he stays fine because the, the guy's confidence is growing and it's oozing. You can see it, and he is fucking rapid, as you guys said. Van Dijk's quick, and I knew Van Dijk's quick when Southampton played Liverpool when he and Mane. Was he's faster. He's faster than you to a buffet, I'd say. Hey, no, he's not. No, he's not. Don't stupid gap. Calm down, calm down, calm down. But listen, uh, Joe, the brown flash. Joe, Joe Gomez. I mean, Ian, Ian said uh, gave it the Maldini um, comparison. I know he's not comparing comparing the players, but so, but in terms of comparison to a recent 
world star centre back who everyone in the world raves about was Varane. And I honestly think Joe Gomez is on that level and can be on the level and will get better. He can only get better. And uh, it's, it's it's amazing that we've got him for how much? How much did we get Joe Gomez for? Three million or something? Three point five million, wasn't it? Something like that, wasn't it? And it's ridiculous. We've got Trent, who's without doubt a shining light as a right back, sort of uh, coming from the academy. We've got Robbo, straight swap. Was was Kevin Stewart? Was it or something like? That? Is he going? Is he going to the whole team? Yeah. And then we've got Joe Gomez, sort of you know peanuts. It's amazing that three out of our back five are sort of near enough making up for the, the inflated, so-called inflated fees for Alisson and uh, and Van Dijk. But yeah, this back five stays together. Um, you know, it, it can only uh, it can only benefit us long term. Okay. Um, just quickly, Laz, I want to ask you, um, I watched the, uh, the United game early yesterday against West Ham and Mourinho, for me, he looks like a man who's picking teams and making substitutions on spy. I think he's doing it as, as all part of a big plan and I, I don't know what he's at. But then I watched Liverpool and, and Chelsea and, and I think it was, it might have been Grizz that said it to me after the game. And a few people, I suppose, so I've seen her on Twitter. But we know, look, we all love Klopp and, and the charisma and the way he is. But Sarri looks at a nice bloke, doesn't he? And, I love the way he's, he can't smoke, so he's absolutely horse and fucking Nicorette Young comes into himself on the sideline. He's like, he's just fucking bags of it. He's just a big, he's just a Tesco bag of fucking chewing them on the sideline. He's just shoveling them into his mouth. But uh, just quickly on him, um, I suppose, just one or two words from each. Mar- Marty, I'll go first. Um, sorry, nice bloke. Touch of class about him. Yeah, seems like a nice bloke. I mean, he was so nice yesterday. You saw... Klopp and Sari, big smiles on their face, hug. I mean, before the game, in the press conferences, they were both, you know, so complimentary about each other. And you wondered, is it a bit of, you know, gamemanship? Were they trying to, you know, blow some bowl smoke up each other's asses and, you know, play some mind games? But I genuinely do think it's two of the best managers in world football that play the best type of football there is. And it comes to the, the end of the game and they both just said, yeah, you know, that what, what a great game, what a great team. Um, I think... Sari will be, you know, I mean, you never know what Chelsea do at the end of the day. If you have one bad season, it could be gone. Um, but I think, you know, Sari, Klopp, Pep, you know, I think those three could be, you know, the, the managers to dominate the next next few years in the Prem. Um, and that's how it should be, really. Proper football, total football, um, attacking football. And I think, yeah, it was nice to see two managers, you know, kind of appreciate, you know, the type of teams they've got and the football they play. So, and yeah, he seems like a really nice bloke. He sucks on bag butts as well, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he's 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 fucking. He's like he's he's more addicted to cigarettes than I am, and that's saying something. Um, Ian seems a nice bloke. Seems complimentary about Liverpool. It's all his comments and his quotes and stuff like that. Just seems a nice down to air bloke and. Uh, it's like managing is kind of secondary to him. He just he wants to go off for a smoke, you know. He's, he's just like, come on, we get this out of the way, and we all go for a smoke and a drink. Seems a nice bloke, though. Ian. Um, it's 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 refreshing, I suppose, when you look around the league at some of the managers. Yeah, no, he's a character, isn't he? Uh, too many of them are just like go. It's almost like they're reading from a script, isn't it? and they, they don't want to say anything. And I, I like his his ascent to the top as well. He, he got into coaching quite late, didn't he? And he was he was coaching in like the seventh tier of Italy, only like seven or eight years ago, or something like that, you know. So I am a fan. I'm a fan of his football. I think PSG 
should have broke the bank to get him as opposed to that dog shit German they've got at the moment because if you give him unlimited funds in a league like that I think the football they play would just be staggering do you know what I mean but I'm a fan I was a fan of him last year at Napoli uh, it's a, listen it's Chelsea so you, you just never know and I'd be a bit I'd be a bit weird to get carried away I've seen a couple of tweets saying he's changed their style in three months and it's still clock four years they haven't lost the game yet. Let's wait till they lose a the game and see how they react. Or let's wait till they have a couple of bad results back to back. Do you know what I mean? So I won't go mad overboard, but I am a fan of him. Uh, as for him being a nice man, I don't know me for all. I know he, he's got like dead puppies. Yeah, don't. I knew you were going to do this. On the face of it, he's a nice man. We leave it at that for you. Uh, Grizz. <laughs> Grizz. Um, Sorry, what do you make him? Do you like him? I've, he, he's, he comes across as someone to me that you'd, you'd have a lot of respect for very kind of, very quickly if you, if you just if you watch his demeanour and the way he goes on and the way he speaks about other people. He he seems to have a lot of respect for other people around him. Well, the thing is, as I said earlier, it's, it's the difference that he's made to them in my eyes from that first game what we saw against Arsenal where they looked so flimsy and open and yes they were playing pretty triangles to the, diff- to, the, to the game the other day where they actually looked a very tactically cohesive unit and, and the biggest compliment I can pay him is this is probably the least I've hated a Chelsea team since the Premiership has started honestly I, I, I can't say because you've got to remember I'm from London so the Chelsea you know the, the, the London the rivalry is is, is is mental all through the all through the Jose era um, you know even when Ancelotti was there you know I hated that Chelsea team I hated Chelsea absolutely fucking rent boys a lot of them but this one I tell you what this one this 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 character he's got them playing good football I can't think of anyone I hate in that team really to be honest with you and it's and, 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 and he's a bright addition to the Premier League isn't he he's more in the pep Klopp, Marco Silva, sort of that. Oh, I said Marco Silva with a sort of, you know, a touch of sarcasm, maybe. But you know, he's like he likes to play the game. He likes to play the game the right way, as opposed to your, to your, to your Jose's and and even your Pochettinos to a certain extent that are sort of more pragmatic, you know. So he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a good addition to have. Okay. I don't know how long he's going to survive if he carries on fucking smoking the way he is. I don't know if he can reach. He's off the smoke. He's just on chewing gum. He's <laughs> fucking. That's the only worry. Fucking hell. Am I dying? Um. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he's only out skill. Uh, lads. Right. Uh, I want. I just want an answer, obviously, because we're gone well over the time already. So, uh, man of the match. Um, just give me the name of the player, Marty. Mate, you're man of the match. Alison. Okay, and Ian, your man of the match? Oh, two, two for two. Gray is your man of the match. Would have been Alison, but because of that, I think you could have saved that. I'm going to go with Ginny. One word. Yeah. Ginny, Ginny. That is one word from Grizz. What About 27, 28 words it means one for Grizz. That's the ratio he's on. Um, lads, last topic. Uh, Ian uh, sent us this earlier, and he wants to know what your... Oh, what your serial killer name would be, and how you would dispose of the bodies as you're killing them. Um, really quickly again, who let me go? Ian, I'll go to you for sure. You know, you made this up, so let's go, Ian. I've got a few names, but I don't want to give some of them away because they ever go that way. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I think my serial killer name at the moment will be the Twitter Twatter. Okay. And I would just go around stalking individual accounts that need knocking off. Mm. And I would just murder them gruesomely and then bury them in other dickhead accounts, gardens, and try and wipe them all out at the same time. Okay. Um, it really sounds like... I don't know whether you've thought about this or you, this plan is in action and it's just at a certain stage. Um, 100%. If I knew I'd get away with it, I'd 100% <laughs> go on a massive killing spree. Oh, yeah. I know. I know you would. Um, that doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, Marty, serial killer name, how would you dispose of the bodies? You can be as short as you want about this. Uh, uh, I'll call myself Grizz and I'd eat him. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marty's winning. Marty's winning on points. Uh, Grizz, your last up. Serial killer name, how would you kill them? Simply just add the to my title, the Grizz. Fuck, you can't get, you know, more serial killer name than that. Yeah. The Grizzler. But, um, kill him by carving for Kira in body. I would never think about it. I'm the nicest man after Matt on Twitter. I would, I would never think about being a serial murderer. That's Ian's category. But if I was to murder people and kill them, it's got to be, I was watching Breaking Bad. I've just started watching Breaking Bad. And you know the way they dilute the bodies with the acid? Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Make sure I do it on the bottom floor, not on the top floor. All right. Okay. <laughs> right. Um. That's the fat back four. What? what about you? I don't have one. I'm trying to hit too many fucking buttons here. Um. I'll post it on Twitter during the week. Um. That's being the fat back four. That's being Marty. That's being Ian. That's being Grizz. I tried to do some intro music at the start. If you heard it, it was uh from a band called Le Boom. Um. And the track is called Coma. Um, they've helped us. They've helped us out. Le Boom, yeah, Le Boom. Um, they've helped us out by giving us a couple of tracks for the rest of the season to use on shows and stuff like that. They're really good. You get them on Spotify. Um, we're gonna use them. We're gonna use. I think we can use some remixes from their tracks as well. Um, so keep an eye out for them. Look them up on Spotify. They're really good. Uh, and thanks again to them for helping us out. Um, but yeah, that's been us. Uh, we'll all be back next week uh, post Man City um, you will have the Tuesday Club on Wednesday this week because Napoli away is Wednesday um, we'll have a f- the final whistle show is back next week and um, there's been a couple of weeks off of that but that is back next uh, after the Man City game which uh, when do we play Man City ne- next Sunday so they should be back next Sunday and we'll probably be back on straight after this. We'll probably roll in. We'll let you know during the week where we're going to walk it. But that's been us. That's been the Fatback for. Thanks a million for uh, joining us. Uh, thanks a million for viewing, sharing, all that sort of stuff. Matt will be back next week uh, with his Daniel Sturridge uh, signed jersey. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Have a good one. Over and out. Simplify your federal agency's technology procurement with Connection Public Sector Solutions. Connection's dedicated account managers, commitment to exceptional customer service, and extensive catalog of federal contracts make IT purchases quick, easy, and affordable. Turn your challenges into opportunities and get rid of your technology pain points with Connection today. Learn more about what's possible with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. 
Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.